High Five Gear is a proud sponsor of Above180.com. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Show your individuality and have your jersey tell your story. Online, you can order at www.high5gear.com today. Don't let fashion pass you by. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Thank you to all of our supporters and our fans. We appreciate it. Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. One of my favorite interviews from time to time that I get to do is to chat with Dr. Dean Hinnitz about the mental side of bowling. So many times we chat more about the physical side and what can be done to help your game physically, but really it does come down to a lot of our mental game as well and how much it plays a part in bowling. So I thought it'd be great. Let's hear this interview I get, did with Dr. Dean. Now this goes back a little ways to uh, 2015, but Dr. Dean, uh, I want to thank you for joining me and I always love having you on the Above180.com podcast. Yeah, well, thank you for having me back. It's been a while since we had a chance to talk. It has, and you know what, Dean? I thought it'd be great. I had a conversation a little while ago with Mike Shady, and we talked about bowlers you know people are getting back into their fall leagues and they you know some some of the people are of the elk of taking taking some time away from bowling maybe they go play golf just spend time with the family and i asked mike his thoughts on that and i want to get your thoughts i guess from the bowling uh you know from what you're in touch with and what you help bowlers with which is their mental game so mentally is it good for bowlers to kind of take a break if if, if they're feeling burned out or sometimes frankly even if we're not I think without a question of a doubt, uh, if you look at sports even at the Olympic level, uh, and you might take a sport even like gymnastics that requires all this precision training, timing, you know, there's death-defying acts, and after big events or year-end events, coaches will prescribe weeks off for their athletes even who want to come into the gym. Like, no, you can't. You know, you have to sort of reload everything in nature you know, has those three functions of growth, maintenance, and repair. And even our, our mental games need sort of maintenance, rest, and repair. And so sometime where we can get away with it, get away with it, yeah, and get away from it, it allows us to sort of regroup and, and put a ball in our hands again. Um, you can even develop like a new, better, more sensitive feel because the the contrast from that time off lets you sort of detect and be aware of some things you might have been missing. So is there is there any truth to this, or is this just all psychological? When you take a, even just not a lot of time off, but even if you just take a week off and you come back, and let's say you miss three single pin spares that you, you don't usually miss if you're bowling enough games a week, 
is that just all in in my head or is that something that you know physically there could be something there well we, uh, now we're calling balls and strikes from the parking lot of course because we can't <laughs> see what those misses were when I talk to bowlers who are above a 200 uh, pin average and they they miss consecutive single spin pin spares, they will tell me almost always that on at least one of them, they weren't even present. They're thinking about why they left it or how to not leave it or they're so sort of irked about whatever it is that's going on that they don't get fully set, settled, and, and completely present for the spare. We know... Uh, if you're just talking about that kind of thing, that a spare mist on one side oftentimes is a spare mist then on the other side if somebody's not feeling grooved in. But I don't feel like a week off alone for any kind of proficient bowler is going to account for that. Uh, a substantially more time off without any warm-up or coming back into your rhythm, yeah, that could account for some variance in spare shooting. But okay. typically not a short period of time like that with, uh, with simple shots to make. Dean, one of the things we've talked about in the past has been bowlers getting into their own heads and getting out of their own way in a lot of cases. And I mentioned the scenario with Mike where uh, we go to a bowling tournament, we as bowlers, and let's say this is a house that is normally, you know, the characteristics are that one side scores better than the other. And I asked Mike, I said, should a bowler then, you know, if if they feel they are at a disadvantage, should they skip that event? And his thought was just the opposite. Now, from a psychological standpoint, any tips for us on how to how to overcome those pitfalls? A couple of things, for sure. I, I, I I'm not a big fan of, of skipping adversity and waiting waiting for the the rails to be greased for you. Literally, actually, I guess in bowling. But uh, the question really has to be: if I if I'm good enough to to, to play or win, what would I have to do here to advance and win? Um, if we focus on what's fair or not fair, as we know, it's almost cliche to, to talk about life not being fair. I, I feel like as a bowler, as soon as we start blaming, that that is the cardinal feature of failure, is blaming. Flat out. If it were the only thing from our time together that I would want remembered, it's once you start to blame, you fail. I don't think missing is failure. I don't think having a bad day is failure. I don't think any of it is failure. But once you blame, you give away all your power, all your responsibility, and all your ownership of sort of choices that you make. Um, in our sport, uh, there, there's there's at least always a way to advance. If it's not your day, maybe you don't win. Maybe you do. But but to bypass adversity is to bypass growth, transformation, you know, development, all of it. And the question I think that the great ones always ask is, how would I do it today? And they do. Dean, I also interviewed myself and Coach K. Steve uh, Klemkin do a Storm Collegiate Spotlight. And recently we interviewed uh, head coach of University of Maryland Eastern Shores, Caleb Andy. And we were talking yeah. about the the team she has and how she feels her team, you know, they have some really, some really smart, uh, smart ladies, some athletes that he's coaching there. And I said, well, how do you help? I, I asked Kayla, I said, how do you help these ladies to not overthink bowling? And she said, well, that's when we call Dr. Dean. <laughs> so uh, okay. breaking that down to us, um, how do, how do us bowlers, how do, how do we not overthink things? One of the problems I think people get into, I'm just thinking about the question, you know, how to be expedient with it. 
you know, two, two pitfalls. Uh, one of them is, I think, sports psychology's fault. Sports psychology sort of advocated self-talk and positive self-talk. And the truth of it is, we pretty much don't talk to ourselves about anything that we're confident about. And so we think that, okay, if I just think the right thoughts and say the right thing to myself, well, that will work. And it, and it doesn't. If you think about any relationship that you're really uh, close in, when you have a really good friendship, really good intimate relationship, you don't have to talk much. You sort of get what's going on with the other party. The same is true for yourself as an athlete. The, the closer you are to your own sort of athleticism and feel for the game, the less you have to actually talk about or think about much. I mean, you can use your intellect to sort of dial into the lane, see how the ball's behaving. You can look around, see what's working. And so the thinking part, I think, it has to do with lane play strategy and position, that sort of thing. But once we get into our athleticism, it's sort of like if I went to shake your hand, I wouldn't have to self-talk about it, but I would, in fact, have a slight feel about what I'd want it to feel like before I grabbed your hand. We all do this intuitively, all of us. It's like the handshake is done slightly before the handshake happens. And a bowling shot is like that. Every bowler who's listening to the show has known that feeling where they're standing there, they've got a spare shot to execute, and it's like it's made before it's already made. You know, they can feel it, they're centered, they're grounded, that the ball feels good in their hand, and it's that confidence you're going, I can already feel the shot made. And same on a first shot, you may not be able to guarantee a strike, but you just have that feeling of like, this is really good, even before you've gone. Anyone who's played the game for any length of time has that. But we can sort of marshal that and develop that ability to live a shot before we execute it. And you drop down visualization, it's not always visual because uh, particularly it might be operating from the inside out. It's a feeling. I don't know if you call it imaging or something like that. But like, what is this going to feel like ahead of time just slightly before you go? It's an awesome way to drop out of intellect and into that deeper intuitive part of ourselves that actually is more powerful than our intellect biologically. And Dr. Dean, let me ask you this. How many times have you heard that this bowler would be great or that bowler would be great if it weren't for their mental game? They have the best physical game out there, but their mental game just falls apart. So I have a question regarding that. Number one, what can you do to help that person? Let's say we sit down and we identify that that's one of the things that we struggle with. You know, let's say a guy trips a two pin against us. He maybe crosses over, goes Brooklyn, and it just throws us up. We throw our hands in the air and we're right away talking about it. Help us if that is us if we would go back and you know look at ourselves honestly and then dr dean just help the person who maybe is bowling against a person who has these sort of reactions like no one has ever tripped a two pin or you know crossed over before help them whether that be tournament or league play yeah well okay i, I love the question i seem sort of laughing while you're while you're asking it there's a couple things here and, and i one of the reasons uh, i love the show that we're doing right now is most bowlers, like, they're not ready to go bowling. They'll drive to the center, <laughs> even on league night, you know, flip over in the trunk, pull their balls out, throw shoe up, and just start throwing balls. And there's no sense of how, how am I, well, I going to handle life? Like, what am I going to do uh, when bowling happens? And, uh, and just last week, and I have to tell you, this happened to me. I, I, I didn't shoot 900 again. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it did, actually. <laughs> And every variation of why not occurred, including leaving eight pins and ten pins and everything else. And bowlers act like something wrong happened when 
you know, they wrap a pen on a, on a beautiful hit or something, and they act like something wrong happened if somebody carries a backup strike against them, as if that's not the design of bowling, right? But it is the design of bowling. Bowling, you know, it's dominoes and it's gambling. I mean, it is our sport. If you took a walk on your street every night and there was a dog that charged the fence, didn't break loose, but charged the fence, the first time or two, you might jump back, get irritated and irked. And then after a while, you'd say, I take this walk. This is my walk. This is where I go. That dog's going to do that. And after a while, it doesn't even touch you. You know the dog's behind the fence. It's not personal at all. That dog charges fences. It doesn't matter who walks by. When it's your turn, it's your turn. And you just kind of get it. You go, I'm going to go walking, and there's going to be a fence-charging dog, okay? Well, bowling's the same. I'm going to bowl. Some things are going to happen probably both ways. But let's say something happens in my favor. Somebody's going to go crazy about it, throw up their hands, do whatever people do when you carry Brooklyn's or anything else, you know, two pin falls forward, as you said. And if you're ready for it, like there's some dogs that just charge fences and I'm bowling against one tonight, A, it's it's never personal, ever, and B, it's a little humorous and your real challenge is to sort of stifle that because it's bad manners to laugh. But most people go to the bowl and then, and they act like no dogs will ever charge fences. And that something is wrong if they do. It's like, no, I go to the bowl and I expect people to act all the different ways that humans act because that's who's at the bowling center is other people and they do what they do. So in that case, your, your inoculation is to know I'm taking a walk through a bowling center and there's all kinds of breeds of dog and I, and I'm just ready for all of them and none of it, none of it, whether they bark or lick my shin is personal in either direction. That's for starters, okay? If it happens against me, it's a little bit the same. Like, what am I expecting? You know, that somehow that there'll be some order to the universe that, that that's going to be followed. And if my mental game is so weak that I can never have anything out of place happen, you know, then I've got to back up and go, what, what are all the shoulds that are running my psyche that I have to be in order for me to be okay. It's sort of like when you go driving, you have to know before you drive. Some people ride too close on the bumper. Some people go too too slow in the school zone. Some people can't accelerate up the ramp. And you probably shouldn't go driving unless you realize all of that's out there. And again, none of it is personal. But once you're prepared for that and you give yourself a good inoculation ahead of time, it's amazing. You feel like Superman, like almost nothing can touch you. But if you think things are not supposed to happen in a bowling center that actually do happen in bowling, then you're going to be like Clark Kent who's bumping into kryptonite all over the place, plays badly. Well, you couldn't have answered that any better, Dean. Very good analogies there. And very good. good. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's a good way to put it. I mean, it's, it's the truth. You walk through and you get people... Uh, you, uh, all different sorts of characters at a bowling center. It could be someone who's not even bowling who could, who could be walking through. And, and that could, I mean, that stuff could even set some people off if they're not mentally strong and, like you said, focused on what they're at the task at hand. Final question for you, Dean. You have a new book coming out called Bowling Psychology. Talk about, I mean, talk about that. I mean, you've you got the first book out, which is great and doing well. Uh, what can we expect in your new book? Well, the thing that I really, really love about this book is uh, I've met with and talked to and, uh, and called a lot of the best bowlers of all time and just asked them, 
what do you like? What do you do when it's that moment? What do you do when you have to have the first one in the 10th? What do you do on TV when it's like that? What do you, and, um, you know, like I could just list about 15 names of people you'd recognize. And graciously, uh, so many accomplished bowlers were willing to talk to me about some of their, their secrets, their, their, there's their favorite things that they do, the things that made have made bowling uh, work with them and for them and, and propelled them into the Hall of Fame. So virtually every single chapter has at least one uh, anecdotal interview about uh, application of the principles for the chapter. And uh, uh, and we've got a lot of variety along those lines, as I said. But the, we've got the interviews and touching some things in bowling that I just I don't think have been really written about in almost any sports psychology book in any sport that I'm aware of. Um, uh, everything from coaching to team building to even touching on aspects of if people want to come in with their own brand of um, existential or spiritual thinking, like all kinds of things that play a little bit on the edges, but to me usually get talked about, uh, as well as some of the more uh, sort of main fare around, you know, generally recognized sports psychology stuff as well. Great. So it sounds like a book then that doesn't just pertain to bowling; it pertains to all team sports in general. Uh, this uh, the material from this book should apply for sure in in team and, and uh, doubles play, and hopefully, if people can, can see it and want it, um, the principles will apply it in just about anything else that they have to do that that's in a performance arena, whether it be business, school, or relationships as well. That stuff that works is sort of highlighted throughout the book. Well, great stuff, Dr. Dean. I want to remind folks, if you're looking for a shirt, please check out hi5gear.com. Lots of great colors, lots of great styles, over a thousand different designs to choose from. So you can find your own, you can make your own. Like Kyle Troop said a few weeks back, you can go and design your own shirt so you have something unique and special that speaks to you. Again, check out hi5gear.com. Also, special opportunity, above180.com listeners, use the promo code Above 180, that'll get you $20 off your order. So use that code above 180, that'll get you $20 off. Lots of great stuff. Please check them out. Hi, the number five gear.com. Dr. Dean, thank you again for all your insight and, you know, again, priceless information here for folks. So make sure you check that out. And by chance, if you've missed the interview where I talked to Mike Shady about some of the same and some different topics, check that one out too in the archive section on above180.com. But Dr. Dean, a pleasure. And by all means, uh, looking forward to the book. Ah, Thank you so much. I'll, I'll talk to you again soon, hopefully.